Listen In podcast is back. It's been a few weeks. We uh, had a little bit of a summer hiatus. We, we, you know, a little bit of a vacation schedule here, Jake. But we are back. We have a packed episode for the listeners today. We have a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack. A lot has sort of happened um, in quick succession in the past couple weeks. It's been, a, it was a pretty quiet July. And- I think like that that always happens though, where every summer rolls around, new music grinds to a halt, and I find myself saying. Wait, what happened to this great music year that was happening? All of a sudden, I have nothing to listen to, and I like am questioning what's even happening. Then August rolls around, you start to get the drip of new singles and album announcements, and then you the faucet turns on in like September, October. Yeah, and it it feels like yeah, there's there's a lot to cover this week. Um, yeah, sad news though to kick it off. Yeah, yeah, the first piece of news: R.I.P. to David Berman uh, of. Silver Jews and then of Purple Mountains um, died this past week. Uh, apparently suicide. Yeah. Very, very sad news. Uh, too many of these stories come out, particularly um, of, of artists or, or, or musicians. Uh, you know, David Berman is someone I wasn't actually really that familiar with until this year. That's what I want to talk about, actually, that is weird about this. This yeah. is an oddly timed thing because... Same for me. I only got into anything David Berman related when I checked out American Water earlier this year for the first time, the Silver Jews album. I've never listened to any other Silver Jews at all. Um, And then, yeah, he dropped the Purple Mountains album, which I think we both thought was really good and has been getting rave acclaim after a really long hiatus for making any music at all. It was like a 10-year hiatus or something. And I was reading an article where it was like he basically... I think it might have been kind of a joke, but they were like he wanted to catch up on his reading or something, or just like was like reading and hanging out for ten years. Well, and th- the thing is, is that he, you know, this is a guy with with a troubled history of substance use and of of mental illness and and, and depression and um, someone who had attempted suicide before. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the first thing I thought when I read that this had happened and it was becoming pretty clear based on the way people were either writing about it or sort of avoiding writing about the cause of death that it was a suicide. Yeah. Um, I have been sort of thinking about this Purple Mountains album as almost like an intentional farewell. Oh my God, me too. And so we briefly talked about it on our last episode and I think we were both like, yeah, it's good. It's kind of like a particular vibe. You got to be in the mood for it. I went back and listened after this news came out, and I heard it in a completely different way. There are some absolutely gut-wrenching lyrics on here, and you can't see them as anything but kind of a suicide note in a lot of ways, or just kind of like a, hey, here's all the shit I'm thinking and feeling. I'm going to put it all out there for you. I got to say, on some of these songs, um, like in particular, I think... Nights that won't happen, yeah, uh, is is one um, feels telling of nights that won't happen. Time we won't spend with each other again, you know. Like I was thinking a lot about um, maybe I'm the only one for me mm. or whatever that is, where he's just like like he's, he got. I think he got broken up with from his longtime partner, and there's dude like there's some really funny but sad lyrics on there when he the lyric when he says. If no one's fond of fucking me, maybe I know. Maybe no one's fucking fond of me. Mm, great turn of phrase there. It really funny as he is throughout the album. Yeah, but the album's dark as hell. It's like clearly from the frame of mind of someone who's pretty depressed, very cynical. Yeah, um, it is 
perhaps not great that I related to much of what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, and not not even the always personal stuff. I no. think there, there's some commentary just kind of about, like, margaritas at the mall, yep. I think, is genius. It you know? Is, yeah. and, and it's like, we're all drinking margaritas at the mall, happy hours, God is by the balls. And it's kind of just like, in America, we're addicted to, like, fucking consumerism and drugs to numb us. It's, yeah, it's you know? true. And it's just like, oh, okay, margaritas at the mall. And then you get to a song, like, Nights That Won't Happen. Um, and when the dying's finally done and the suffering subsides, all the suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind. Like, fuck. Feels <laughs> you prescient. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Feels so. This album's taking on a whole new meaning to me now. It's incredibly sad news. I as well had never listened to any Silver Jews, um, and I listened the the day that this news came out. I finally listened to American Water, and uh, it's really really good. I really enjoyed it. I listened again today. Um, yeah, it's just it's really sad news. You know what song is kind of gutting too, and it reminded me a little bit of Sun Kill Moon was mm. uh, I loved being my mother's son. Yeah, that song reminds me a lot of. Whatever song can't, Moon's can't song. live without my mother's love. Yeah. yeah, or even to a lesser extent, the songs where he mentions his dad. Yeah. I love my dad being <laughs> one of them, and also Jim Wise, which right, is another right. one that involves his <laughs> Man, dad. I gotta, I gotta listen to Benji again and, and then, like dude, cry. Second song on the album, "All My Happiness Is Gone." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to laugh to be. It's just it's so obvious yeah. when you when you really. Look at it. Yeah, because it, it, it just seems like, yeah, exactly. When you when when I heard this news and you consider the content of the Purple Mountains album, it, yeah, it does feel like it all adds up, and it's it's incredibly sad because it, he seems like someone who had a real gift, especially lyrically. Dude, um, yeah, like that's just the way I, that I feel. The yeah. opening track, like, <laughs> I mean, it, it says, I mean, things have not been going well. This time I think I finally fucked myself. You see, the life I live is sickening. I spent a decade playing chicken with oblivion. Yeah. Like, whew. He's a good lyricist. Oh, yeah. Like, genius lyricist. Um, shame he couldn't hold on a little bit longer. You know, that's what I always yeah. think when this stuff happens. Is it's like, man, it really got to the point where you just couldn't do it anymore. It, it actually really hits me pretty hard. Um, yeah. Especially, I mean, this is something that we've been talking about kind of just personally about the pain that's inherent to life, even when your life is pretty good, and how that never really goes away for anyone. And when you, like, in a situation like this, I can only imagine just the constant pain that someone's in. And to make that decision is... It's scary. It's really scary. Well, and like the final song, like Maybe I'm the Only One for Me, when you hear it, if that's what it's called, I think it's Maybe I'm the Only One for Me, right? Uh, maybe I'm the Only One for Me, yep. It sounded on first listen like kind of this tongue-in-cheek kind of funny song. The realization he's having under that is scary and one that a lot of people, I think, grapple with from time to time where you're like, oh, does is there just really nobody who I can connect with yeah. on a level where it makes where anything makes sense and like the the connection's going to remain important to both of us. Yeah. It's a scary prospect. And like yeah. I think that must have been part of what he was grappling with. Yeah, absolutely. And like tried to put it in a way like a little twist on it to make sure. it sort of funny and, or humorous or whatever, but um yeah, it's a loss. It's it, it's a shame. It is. It is very sad. Um well, on, on some happier news, Jake, we do have a whole bunch of new singles that we can get excited about here. 
Um, so like I said, August kind of starts to pick back up in terms of new singles being released. Um, we have been spoiled by Sandy Alex G with this set of new singles that he has put out. Of course, we've already talked about some of the other ones uh, in particular. I'm, I'm blanking on Hope, names. Hope, Hope and Gretel. Hope and Gretel. And uh, the newest one that have just been put out is Southern Sky. Um, and, and a new one today, actually, on, called Near. It was YouTube only, I think. Uh, right? So it's, it's hidden on his Spotify page for anyone who's looking for it. Um, under the latest release, it'll just have the Southern Sky single. Oh. But then under Artist's Pick, it'll say Introduction to Sandy Alex G. And if you click into that, Near is is in there. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I, you got to dig for it a little bit. I got to say, this guy is on such a hot streak. I love Southern Sky. To me, that feels like a continuation of Bobby from Rocket yep. with, with the violin. Feels like maybe a continuation of of kind of that subject matter or storyline. Near feels like maybe one of like the the left turns that you take on the album, where it's like, oh, what's what's he up to now with this? You like know? witch or, or, yeah, or a horse? It, yeah. Was that one of them? Horse? Yeah, yeah. The one yeah. where it's basically a horse, <laughs> yeah, neighing the entire time. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I am ready for this to be one of the best albums of the year. I'm very excited. I mean, I've I've really liked all the songs on it. Hope and and Gretel, which I've had a lot of time with, are two of my absolute favorites. But I I definitely enjoyed Southern Sky and Near. Um, yeah, pumped for this album, um, for sure. Another one that came out, Sean. Yeah. How about this? Big Thief is dropping another album Oof. this year. Talk about bands on a tear, dude. Bands okay. that just won't quit. So Big Thief has all of a sudden become. One of the biggest and most exciting and prolific indie rock bands of this decade. Yeah. They've put themselves in that conversation. They, the if you think of the run that Adrian Lanker, and when I say Big Thief, I really mean Adrian Lanker. Because she's the, G, like, obviously the rest of the band's talented, but, like, she's clearly the driving force behind this group. When you think of the run from Masterpiece in 2016 to Capacity, to the solo record she put out last year, now to the two that are coming this year. That's five albums in a three-year run, three-year stretch, that are all of high, high quality. And I love the little bit of detail that they mentioned when they put out Not as, as the single the other day, when they said they started recording this new album, Two Hands, days after they completed recording UFOF. I love it. Just right back to it. And they wanted to like completely switch up the vibe. And I think they recorded UFOF in like Seattle or somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. They went down to the desert and just like recorded this like mostly all live. This album. I, just the the myth building that's already going on here. I'm so excited for this album. That kind of stuff get, really gets me excited too. Because the idea of being in a collective like that. Like a little group. Four of you. Who are all locked in in a creative process and like willing to go wherever it takes you and like trying to follow that muse? That's really exciting. Adrian Linker and I think it was the drummer were on Song Exploder. Mm. They talked about um, uh, what's that like the the third track on on UFOF? It's the kind of acoustic cattails. Uh, cattails. Yeah. Thank you. Oh yeah, I listened to that one. Yeah, they talked about cattails and it just feels like they are a band. That is very locked in. Oh, yeah. And the drummer, you know, because that song has kind of a weird vibe on yeah. the guitar. It's an interesting little riff, and he locks in so yep. well right away. Um, 
it just feels like they're yeah. in a real creative. They're riding right a wave now. right now. It's this is a weird reference, but it's a little a la CCR nineteen sixty nine. They would have to release a third album to do that. Cre- oh, CCR yeah. Creedence Clearwater Revival in nineteen sixty nine dropped three albums, which that's crazy. Well, I, you know, it got me thinking about what are the all time two in a year flexes that artists just riding a creative peak. Help Rubber Soul is pretty good. Help Rubber Soul is a big one. Um, to an, another extent, just to stick with Beatles really quick, you could argue Pepper Magical Mystery Tour. Is yep, pretty abso- damn good. yep, absolutely. Uh, Dylan with Bringing It All Back Home and then Highway 61. Might be stronger than either of those, I honestly. Think it, I think that might be the all-time. Um, the only one, you know, this doesn't really happen anymore. Well, okay. Brockhampton, I guess, put out three records uh, two years ago. Um, How has Ty Siegel not done it, and has Ty Siegel done it? I think he has. I, I almost look at that as different. Well, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't speak to I the think quality he has. of those I, albums. I, he probably has. Um, you know, Beach House did it that one year with "Thank Your Lucky Stars" and right. uh, Cherry Depression Cherry. Depression Cherry. Um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard or whatever that band is puts out like a billion albums a year. <laughs> I don't really like some of those are like goofier ones. I guess I, it's not really the same because it's like. It's not the quality of Dylan or the Beatles, and I'm not necessarily even putting Big Thief in that conversation, but like it's the closest we have right now to an artist who's like putting out prolific, really high quality stuff. Yeah, well, in this, um, the, it, I wouldn't be surprised if this album is of an equal quality or better. This might be their best for all we know. Than UFOF, and it feels like it's going to be a different vibe, um, and you can tell based on the single uh, "Not," Man, which they this put song. out. Bangs. It's sick. Um, six minutes. It's kind of a jam. Um, r- lyrically, really cool. Yeah. Adrian Lenker goes on these little runs. All plays on words around not right. around the word not and nor. Yep. Like all the lyrics surround. It's not this nor that. It's these kind of turns of phrase. Um, a lot of energy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it compared by someone on Twitter to like a Neil Young kind of vibe yeah. with the guitars oh, and yeah. some of the soloing that goes on. For sure. Um, it, super ex- excited for this. I actually listened to UFOF the other night for the first time in a while, and yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, Big Thief is out Dude, here. They're doing their thing." Before you got here, I was listening to a few songs from Capacity, and then I put that on album is so good. A lot of songs from Masterpiece. Whew. Matt Masterpiece with a little bit more of a remove in context of what this band's all about. That album is more interesting and better with hindsight now. Yeah. Now, do you before we move on to some of these other singles quickly? Do you prefer kind of the hard rocking raw Big Thief sound, or the more kind of dialed back, contemplative, mystical, uh, subdued vibe? It's really hard to say because some of my favorite Big Thief songs blend some of those elements. Like ones that come to mind for me that really, really do it are like um, Mythological Beauty, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the song capacity. Yep does it for me in this way where it's a little bit explosive, it's a little bit heavy, but it's also restrained. It's really dark. UFOF, the song, is maybe the the mm. example I would point to to just say, like, if you're looking for the golden calf of, like, <laughs> yes. what I want a yes. Big Thief song to be, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's the exact vibe I'd hope for, where it's, like, sort of, like, undefinable and uncharacterizable, yeah. but it's, like, there's definitely... It's a full band song, right? But it has kind of a weird thing going on musically. What about you? 
Uh, you know, it de- it really depends on move uh, mood. I think um, the beauty of some of those laid back. You know, I, I think UFOF is more of like the dialed back sound. It makes complete sense that that was maybe recorded in the Pacific Northwest and already with this new song, I think it makes sense that it's kind of like this desert rock vibe. Yeah. You know, masterpiece. There's some like big kind of like jams on there. There's like you know, wailing guitars and, like, there's the big, like, drum beats and stuff like that. I don't know if there's one I can say I like more than the other. And by the, and on the other side of the coin, there's Paul. Exactly. Which is, like, a an early gem by them. Yes. One of their best songs. The one that really pulled me yeah, originally same. was Paul. Same. And sometimes I forget about yep. it. Uh, yeah, so this band is on a tear. Um, I'm very, very excited for this new record, Two Hands, coming in October. A few more singles here. Uh, Two that I listened to this week. One, a new Whitney single, their third single from Forever Turned Around. This one uh, is called Used to Be Lonely. That album comes out August 30th. I thought this was another winning song. Yeah. Beautiful, kind of right in that Whitney wheelhouse. We got some nice guitar solos, some horns, a little bit of organ going on in the background. Really, really nice. I'm pumped for this album. It's it's actually even kind of like the fourth because... Um, the song FTA That's is on right. YouTube, yes. which is like one of my favorite yep. things they've put out. I've had, I've, there's no album or albums that I'm more at risk for listening to singles too much than Alex G and Whitney. I know. Especially Gretel yep. and especially Giving Up by Whitney. Yeah. I've listened to Giving Up so much. I think Alex G, that'll be totally fine because I listened to Bobby Proud and uh, maybe Sports Star was the Sports other single there. So cool. I listened to those so many times before that album came yeah. out and they still fit very well in the context of the album. You know, I think this Whitney one's going to be good throughout as well. I think both are going to be consistent enough where those singles just slide right in. So really quick because we, we missed it. Alex G comes out September 13th. Yes. Album's House of Sugar. Big Thief, Two Hands comes out in October. Do you remember the date? I don't. Um, I think it's it's either October... Th- uh, I think it's October 11th. Okay, that sounds right. And then Whitney, Forever Turned Around, is August 30th. Yes. So that um, one's closest to us. That, yeah. that's, that's two weeks we get Whitney. And then the other one I listened to, Jenny of All. Okay? This I missed this one. artist who's been kind of on the... Oh, man. Shock, shock, shock. Drive by. Brutal, brutal stuff. Uh, this has been an artist who's been kind of on the periphery for us. She's a little more like experimental, but she'll also just do some more like straightforward kind of like it's still it's still experimental, but it's more poppy. Like on Blood Bitch, the album that came out in 2016, we both loved. There's that song Conceptual Romance, yep. which is a pretty straightforward kind of like electro poppy, but still experimental sound, uh, sound. And then you get other songs on that album that are about like vampires and menstruation. So yep. like she's doing some interesting shit. This new single called High Alice is from. Her new album, Ashes to Ashes, which is coming out September 13th. I would say this one's more in the realm of conceptual romance. Pretty straightforward, pretty palatable. Very good stuff. I recommend checking it out. But that's another album to keep our eye out for. I'm going to have to give that one a listen. I missed that one. One that um, came onto my radar this week that I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about now is this new single by a band called Howdy. They're mm. a duo they both play guitar. There's, I guess the backstory for them is they were both originally drummers who taught themselves guitar. Cool. And and they so they approach it in a pretty rudimentary style, but I think they come up with pretty interesting stuff as a result. So this this new single, Cathedral, 
Um, I saw people hyping it a little bit on Twitter, so I checked it out. I really like the vibe mm. of it. It's this kind of laid-back, strummy guitar sound with with also pretty mellow, not mumbly, but kind of like 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 somewhere above a whisper vocals. Yeah, yeah. Like not quite Iron and Wine, right? But like something closer to like what Alex G is doing, yeah. kind of definite Alex G vibe. Especially later in the song yeah. when they do that. Um, Maybe we can never come back here. That whole part. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I like this song a lot. I thought this was good, and you know, I gotta count on you for this Twitter buzz now, Jake. I, I, I texted you earlier. Who knows how many Twitter buzz bands I have missed out on this year? We, well, I'm not that great at following Twitter. This was a luck of the draw yeah. thing. So, we, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get some more. But I, I, you know, I saw people whose music opinions I respect mm-hmm. hyping this. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna give it a give nice. it a spin. Their new album, Heavy Lifter, comes out October 18th. Actually, when I was in the vibe of listening to Cathedral kind of over and over, I checked out their album that came out last yeah. year. It's called Cranberry. Yeah. Good. Pretty short. Nice. 30 minutes. Like, this vibe. Cool. And I was just feeling it so much that I was like, I'm just going to check these songs Love out. Love it. Love um, that. Ride that wave. Real good. And lastly, I um, wanted to give a shout out to a local favorite of ours, yeah. um, Something Something, big friend of the pod, Trent, and big friend of the pod, my brother, Matt. Um, are in this band. They dropped um, single, well, a, you know, double A side. A double A side. This is Hey Jude Revolution. This is Come Together Something. That's right. Um, a double A side. Sharon is one of the songs, and the second song is called Left to Do. I really love both of these songs. They're on Spotify, they're on nice. Bandcamp. Nice. Um, and if you live in the Manchester area, you can come see them uh, around. They usually, they'll, yeah, they'll play in Manchester. Yeah, a great show, very talented. Tight band. I, I can. Uh, attest both these songs are very good as well i i really enjoy them so very nice uh jake let's dive into hot thoughts we have not had really much to speak of in terms of new albums and all of a sudden we get a new bonnie ver album dropped on us early by surprise this was slated to come out on august 30th but instead justin vernon our lord and savior puts out II on what day did this come this came out last Friday so this came out on August 9th so this is a full three weeks early yep. to drop this album because he had put out a ton of singles from it already he had already dropped what Gelmore you man like Faith hey, Ma. I think. yeah so like there, there there were already like four or five singles out and then uh, he did this thing where he released one song every hour for like 13 hours or something let me start there do you like when bands do these gimmicky releases like that? Is it fair to even call that gimmicky? Well, here's what I'll say. Am I being a hater? No, uh, you're not. And I think it is a little bit gimmicky. It, it makes sense to drum up some press, I think. Yeah. And that's all totally fair. I personally tune it out. I do too. After a certain point. Like once a band, if, if when I saw that they'd released like four more new songs, five more new songs, I was like, I'm waiting for the album. Yeah. yeah. That was my mentality. And then when I saw that the whole album had come out, I was like, all right, now I'll check it out. Here we go. Out. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a listen. Um, yeah, I mean it's a little gimmicky, but what are you gonna do? I mean, you gotta yeah. get noticed somehow, I yeah. guess. It's 2019. Hey, we're going viral, Jake. <laughs> That's right. The guerrilla marketing. That's right. So this came out early, um, and the story behind this album is that this completes kind of the four album cycle, starting with Four Emma Forever Ago, um, and each of his four albums are supposed to represent a season. So Four Emma was supposed to represent winter. Bonnie Bear, Bonnie Bear was supposed to be spring, 22 a million summer. Now this one fall, and this one's supposed to kind of uh, represent like 
change, turning over a new leaf, kind of start it, start something new, or, or like the end of uh, an era, going into a, a new one. So I want, I want to ask you how you feel about the season cycle. Do you think it all makes sense? The ones that I think most clearly make sense yeah. to me are for Emma and Bonnie Vare, Bonnie Vare. I, I agree. I think most closely fit winter and spring. I agree with that. I do think for me personally, 22 a million... It came out, I think, in August, yeah. right? Or, or, or it was like early, it was September, August, something like that. I do have summer e memories associated with it, I, I think. To be totally honest, it feels a little more fall to me. I know what you mean. I mean, that's his music in general, though. Yes. You could say any of those albums feel fall. Yeah, for sure. For Emma, it's very distinct. If you're going to pick one that does feel summer, I would say it's 22 a million. Yeah, I yeah I, I think you could say that. You know what's interesting though is I have more distinct memories of like early summer, late spring, but early summer with with the second album. I agree with that too. Um, I do think this album has some fall vibes to it. Yep. But for sure. again, you could say that about any Justin Vernon. What, you know, and what, I think it's hard for people like us too who have such strong connections to the season we got into an album yes. on. It doesn't hurt. That I'm pretty positive I got into Forema during either very late fall or winter. Yes. And I got into um, Bonnie Vare, Bonnie Vare in, in May. late spring, yep. June ish. Yep. Like, yep. is when I kind of got into that. So um, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's conceptually very cool that any artist would say I this. I love yeah. this idea. I eat this shit up. Does that mean no more albums? No. So, I, you know, I think, and we can get into this a, a little bit later. Um, but this album, apparently it came out of a lot of anxiety and depression post-22 million. There was a lot of touring. Apparently he was kind of drinking a lot. Um, went through another breakup, et cetera, et cetera. Was kind of going through a lot of upheaval in his life. Um, so kind of went back to Wisconsin, kind of detoxed for a bit, went to therapy, said he got on some meds and is in a much better place now. And that better place is where this new album came out of and apparently his goal with this was he talked a lot in this pitchfork feature about like the challenge of boni Vare as a project and him as an artist and how it's almost like that is his ego coming out but he wanted to make this much more collaborative and kind of take the idea of Bon Iver, of like this collective of different artists coming together. You know, Jen Wozner of Y Oak, Flock of Dimes is now a part of the band. But it's like this big group who's all contributing ideas. And he was saying, I really wanted that to come through on this album. Um, and he's, he's very kind of comfortable with that free-flowing form of ideas. He's like, it's not just my vision. It's kind of like all of our visions with yeah. him in the center of it. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah, It recontextualizes this album a little bit. It does. I think a, f a few things that jump out at me that it, all the backstory about therapy and and coming to a, a better place mentally that all kind of makes sense now is like this album to me has it feels like his most sort of like open emotionally open. I, I mean, he has he has the lyric I'm happier than I've, than I've ever been. Well, and even yeah, and even like some of the sentiment Bonnie Vera has been nothing if not kind of opaque to try to like or yeah. difficult to opaque might be the wrong word, but like. It's difficult to sift through a lyric of Justin Vernon's Our song title to figure out what it means. Yep. Well, it's because he's invented his own language. <laughs> Pretty but, much. But you listen to a song like "Hey Ma," and it's like right. you know some of it's a little bit obscured in in probably in references and stuff like that. But like 
to me a lyric like tall time to call your ma hey ma hey ma like to me that's like 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 after a shooting or after some terrible yeah. shit happens in the news and people are like call your mother today right. like call someone you care about that's what that feels like to me right. it feels like an emotionally kind of vulnerable and maybe a little bit more obvious in a not a bad way lyrically for yeah, him to go and i think like all great lyrics or a lot of the ones that i love leaving a little bit of ambiguity or leaving it open to your own interpretation that you can apply your own experiences to has more of an emotional impact if he spell rather than him spelling it out for you and i think especially on these last two albums and i think you could say on the second album as well he really does that you know that's actually been kind of a trend with him forever kind of like more i don't want to say speaking in riddles but it's not always exactly spelled out for you. So I don't really have a problem with like the, I don't want to call them nonsensical lyrics, but lyrics that are a little more, to use your term, opaque, or song titles that you really can't make heads or tails. Neither but do I. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think it's actually an interesting dynamic and, and twist on what he's done these last two albums. I think what's interesting too is he's spending a lot more time, and this has been kind of a progression from out one album to the next, I feel like this is the album where he by far uses his his normal non-falsetto voice Correct. the most. Yes. And for that reason, the lyrics cut through a little more clearly. Um, and it feels a little bit more like he's not putting up any kind of smoke screen at all. Yes. It's like kind of this is Authentic. me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I, I like, actually, because I think he has an excellent voice either way. Either way he sings. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you prefer one or the other? To be totally honest, like, no. It, it yeah. depends on the song. Right. Um and in, in, there in spots on this album, I really like him singing the way he does. Like I wouldn't yeah. want "Hey Ma" to be a falsetto song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know what I noticed on this album is like this is just like a kind of a random observation. A lot of lyrics about toking up. On, oh my god, had a the, bad toke. Yeah. Bad toke. <laughs> well, I, I have some interesting takeaways was, later from the pitchfork piece yeah. that I want to get to. That it's not a surprise in any way, shape, or form. But. No. Before we get into that, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about this phenomenon that happened where we, and I'm speaking just for the two of us here, I, I don't want to you know, make assumptions about the wider music listening world or Bonnie Iver fans, but you and I, we both like this album a lot, but the album release, I can't say we were that excited about it. We didn't have the same level of excitement or anticipation for someone who's one of our favorite artists of the past decade yeah. putting out a new album. And I don't know if that is just, that's how music is in 2019. It comes and it goes so quickly or if we're a little more jaded to this whole process or what, but that same level of excitement and anticipation wasn't there. And even when it got released, I was kind of like, Oh uh, yeah. Like I'll check, I'll check it out. I get, yeah, like sure. I'll listen. And it took me, a couple days to like catch up to the fact that we had a new Bon Iver record and that it like is good and trying to unpack what all of this means and what it means to me, etc. It just was like, it happened all of a sudden and I didn't feel it leading up to the release in a way I might have in the past. Yeah. I think I was overall less excited by the singles in the moment, um, that came out before the album dropped. Um, also it, it, it just feels like, this I remember discussing with you about Fleet Foxes when we saw them live. 
the feeling of having some of the mystique worn yeah. off a little bit by them. There's a little more exposure to Bonnie Vare. I mean, that's been the case for a long time now since he won a Grammy. I mean, but yeah, he, they're on an arena tour right now. They're like a massive indie crossover success. Like, yeah, well, and they're huge, and that's all good. He's like, huge, totally. Yeah, and I, but I think for me, it was just like something to do with the amount of exposure I've had to Bonnie Vare at this point. Like, some of the mystique has worn off a little bit. In live, you know. Right, and it's in a way that's not totally fair to him. Right. And like the more I actually spent time listening to this album, the more I I really do like it. Um, I think there's a lot of great songs on it. I um, big friend of the pod, Josh, texted us over the weekend. This is his favorite Bon Iver album. Yeah. He knew as soon as he listened to it. And you know what's interesting is having been able to spend more time with it, that makes sense. It's like... If anyone picked any one Bonnie Vare album as their favorite, it just makes sense. I think they're all like everyone can have their own favorite, and I think we both do. I think maybe you and I both, gun to our head, would have to pick the second one, the self-titled album. Yeah, that's probably. My, that's my favorite. Um, but I think they're all pretty close, and anyone could pick any one, and it wouldn't be a surprise. This one included. So I, I'm excited to hear that. There's, it's certainly a hard catalog to rank. Oh my god! Because yeah. to put any of these fourth feels tough, um, but yeah, there was something lacking in the excitement thing, and I think also part of it is like where we're at personally. Yeah. I wonder if that's the case for other Bonnie Vera fans out there who are like really more all in on like just his music and a few other bands or yeah. their music, and like they, you know, if you if you're not into if you're not listening to shit all the time, yeah, and you're like, hey, this band I really love is putting on an album. It probably was pretty exciting for us. It it felt like. Okay, here we okay. Here's another one. It's back. Yeah, yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? It it feels like the break between the second and third album was a little longer. It was long. It was 2011 to 2016. Yeah, and five five solid years of no Bon Iver, and we were like, are we ever gonna get anything else again? And there was still a little bit of mystery. It's like, oh, but he's like working with Kanye, but he's not putting out like his own stuff. And then he does the Volcano Choir stuff, and we were like, what's going on with this guy? Then he puts out 22 million. A lot of fanfare for that. And then it's a quick turnaround for this new one. Yeah. Um, and I think the anticipation of 22 a million really, you know, that got built up over a lot of years. And then to immediately have the quick turnaround, especially having it released a little early, I think took me by surprise. Yeah, that was part of it. And I, yeah, I think we nailed it with that. It's just like there's something to be said about um, a little more familiarity with Bonnie Iver in general. Um, it feels more establishment at this point. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. So, you know, Bon Iver going on an arena tour. Um, Skinny Love is a cliche of a song now. It, it's like the quintessential like indie folk love song. Yeah, as great as it For is. For good or bad. Yeah. Um, and Because of how great it is. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think the moment where I realized this happened was shortly after 22 Million came out when we saw him at Boston Calling. And he was, was he one of the headliners or one of like the just before the headliner? Just before. Absolutely packed. People were going nuts for this guy. And I realized, oh shit, a lot of people not only know him, but really love his music. Oh yeah. And it's actually, a lot of it's pretty accessible. Um, for as seemingly weird as some of it might be on the surface. It's actually, it's not. So It's grown increasingly weird over time, I think. Yeah. And in some ways remained pretty... You but know, also I, bigger and poppier weirdly. In some ways, maybe the, maybe the weirdest album is actually the third album. 
I think it is. Yeah, a lot in, of like blips and, and and distorted vocals. Because this album feels a little more straightforward in ways. It does. It's it's presented in the same weird packaging, right. same very strange album art and album title and some weird out al- like song names. Right. Uh, the music itself feels more straightforward to me than that album. Do you think there's an element of us and and we're really shining the light on ourselves here? Is there an element of us being like? Oh, we knew him before he was big. I'm not as like excited about new Boney Bear now. What's funny is that I actually don't even feel comfortable saying that about myself because, like, yeah, I knew him from Forema, but I I certainly don't feel like I was like truly, truly ground floor Bonnie Iver fan guy. Not ground, ground floor, but we were around. I mean, we were listening to that album in 2009. Yeah, pretty early on. You know, like, we were, I was in high school when I bought that album. Like, yeah. Um, I distinctly remember when I went to Newbury Comics and got it as yeah. well. So sure. I'm not, And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. That was a massive album, very, very popular. Sure. Hyped all around. And I'm not even saying I consciously think that. That I'm like, oh, like, Bon Iver sold out, man. It's like, because, like, A, no, he didn't. Like, get your money, do whatever you're doing. But also, like... He's still making great music. I'm saying subconsciously, there might be an element to that. Well, it's it's something I, I would I would even spin it this way where it feels like there's less of an element of discovery now. There's less yeah. of an element of like, oh, I found this cool little yeah. thing. It's not really, you know, he's everyone's thing now. Right. I think is the other way of putting it too. Which and it's like there's no real discovery. You can count on basically everyone listening to this. Right. And part of it too for me is the the fatigue of having to talk about. Knowing the amount of conversations I'll have to have about it, it's it. Yeah, it's the what does Bonnie Ver mean in 2019 conversation, or like you know, oh, did you listen? What do yeah. you think? Right, where because it's one of those albums now. Bonnie yeah. Ver is one of those albums where you have to have an instant reaction. I, to I think the National album and I think the Vampire Weekend album more like that this year, mm-hmm. and it makes them a little less enjoyable and a little less fun. Exactly, I think artists like Big Thief and Alex G who are still on the come up, still like part of that zeitgeist of people where it's like a lot of people know them, but you kind of need to be in the know and then word spreads. And, and it's nothing's more fun than being like, did you hear this new Alex G? Yes. Like, you got to check that shit out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's fun. Being like talking to like anybody, any old person being like, oh, no, new Bonnie Vare. Like that's maybe a little less fun of a conversation. Yeah. Or boring or something. Yeah. yeah it's, it's I, a- but I don't, it's a, it's a, weird nuanced thing that kind of happens where it's like a moment happens with an artist and it's either like it's cool or like exciting or it's like a little business as usual and i think that happened with you you, that'd be a fun podcast is artists for us where it's like they hit that moment where it's like okay now they're sort of like mainstream as it happened with arcade fire I think it happened with Vampire Weekend, happened with The National. Sure. Happen- and, like, that doesn't mean they don't put out good music. No, if anything, it means they're very good. It, yeah, exactly. It means yeah. they've hit this moment of, like, ubiquitousness yeah. with the culture. Exactly, yeah. And it's not it's not bad. It's, it's actually really good, and it's a sign of how much they can appeal to a wide audience. And speaking for Bonnie Bear, it's actually pretty impressive that a band that makes music as kind of far out as Bonnie Iver is they don't it's not like it's being spoon fed to you you know what I mean like but there's yeah. they, in all these songs there's a kernel of something really catchy there's yeah. always a kernel of 
an idea. It's not usually just weird for weirdness's sake, no. which I think is what makes it work so well. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think it allows a lot of people to have that feeling of like, yeah, man, I listen to some pretty weird shit. Exactly. Exactly. Like, have you heard Bonnie Verley? It's not exactly uh, right. No, and it's true. It's yeah. not like you know the most palatable. I mean, it's beautiful and it's melodic, and but it's weird. But yeah, and yeah, it's experimental, it's... and he's doing all kinds of shit with Absolutely, his voice, and yeah. there's there's horns on this, right, right, you know, and yeah. samplers, right, and shit. Absolutely, and, and thirty second noise intros, and like you know, and it kind of feels like there the 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 rules of being in Bonnie Vare is that like there's not really a rule as to what can be in the song. Absolutely, you could use any instrument that fits. Yeah. You know, that's sort of like, it feels like that's the kind of the uh, the vibe of that band. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like the rule is, will this contribute to like an emotion? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like these are very emotive songs. And that's, they make you feel something. They do, yeah. But for me, the excitement was, it was mostly like the feeling of like, okay, have I become overexposed to Bonnie Vare? Maybe at this point, yeah, a little bit. Like it's like, it's the excitement of... I mean, he was one of those artists with with Forema where he was like, "Who is this fucking guy?" Yeah, you know, he was off in the woods making this album in the cabin. Then he comes back with this second album that's so different and eclectic and has all this instrumentation. And it's like, okay, like, what's this dude about? Yeah, that was the feeling I that had. That shit matters. It does. Now let me. Ask I feel you like this. I know what he's about now more. Right, which is also good in other ways. Let me ask you this though: Is it possible? So, uh, for the sake of this argument, let's say. Every single one of these Bon Iver albums is like pretty equal in terms of quality. And any single one of them could be your favorite. Is it possible to have one of them be your favorite without kind of that buildup of the storyline, the moment in your life, the memories that are tied to it? Like, for example, let's say maybe objectively this new album is his best. But we would still think... His second album is our favorite. Is it possible to like separate those two? Do you have to have that like sort of build up and all those things associated with it for, to, yeah. for it to really elevate itself to that like favorite favorite level? I think so. Yeah, I think music's context. Yeah, it's it's like where you are in life. It's what you're into in the moment. It's what hits strikes a specific nerve with you, and objectivity and personal taste don't often match up mm -hmm. and the idea of an objective best in music is tough anyways it's really hard to say even if everyone's opinion people can beat you over the head over and over like like as many times as people tell me boxer's the best national album it will never be right. my favorite and i'll right. never think it's the best right i don't care it doesn't right I, and that's how i'd feel about any band like absolutely. that absolutely it's it's what matters to you i think so yes. yeah i, I think yeah. with bonnie bear for sure um, before we get into some of the interesting Pitchfork feature takeaways I want to share with you, uh, favorite songs? Um, yeah, Naeem. Yeah. However you say I, that one. I've been calling it Mean because it's basically like Mean Backwards. Okay, yep. So in my own head, I've been calling it Mean, yep. even though it's like not. I think that's the name of like a rapper he maybe collaborated with. Okay, interesting. I've got a love for I got a lot of love for Hey Ma to be honest. I do with too. You. you know what's interesting? You mentioned that we weren't like super taken or excited about the singles, in particular Hey Ma and you parentheses manlike. I think those two are like two of the best songs on here They're really and are on par with any of his other best songs. So Moses Sumney is on Man Like You, right? Is I think he? so. I think so. His yeah. voice adds a nice texture to the yeah. whole Bonnie Bear equation. Um there's a couple points where he sings it in his kind of like that raspy falsetto voice he's got. 
and that's a really nice compliment to what they've got going on in this band yeah. and with Justin Vernon's vocals. I, I like that song a lot too. What other ones jump out? Yeah, uh, name slash mean whatever you want to call it. Hey Ma, uh, I really like Holy Fields too. Um, and then, yeah, those those are probably the highlights for me. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, it's also an album that lends itself pretty well to playing through. Oh, it does, and, and not paying attention to track. I, names. I've already listened to this one like quite a bit, yeah. just because it's it's pretty short, very listenable. You can keep going back to it. You kind of discover something new each time. I'm still like on the come up with this album, as am I. And it's yeah. actually become more and more exciting as I've allowed myself to, like you said, have the acceptance. Like, all right, new Bonnie Vera's right. out. I'm gonna get get into it. Yes, now. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there was a really good feature on Pitchfork uh, called. Boney Vare, Wisconsin, um, and it's basically about one of their writers, I forget who it was, went to go spend some time in Wisconsin uh, with Justin Vernon. Uh, so, so there's so many interesting little nuggets from this. The first line of this feature says, Justin Vernon lights a blunt as he charges his Tesla. It's just like that, if that's not the most like Justin Vernon slash 2019, like I'm... Like this thinking man, rich guy. That it that's so on point. And then the second half of that sentence, I'm looking at it now, says which is affectionately named John Teshla. Uh, yes, like John Tesh. <laughs> yes, like oh my god, which is like pretty funny actually. Amazing stuff. Um, apparently, he's like pretty into acid in DMT, and he's a big advocate for them. And there was a little anecdote about how at some shows would be like. He'll yell to the crowd, like, any of you on acid out there? And then he'll, like, raise his own hand. <laughs> like, yeah. So this, that's not a surprise at all. So I'm going to be totally honest with you. When I hear that stuff, um, that kind of scares me. So not, I... So, like, not in a, I'm not trying to be a prude. No, no. I, I, I know. I, you know, I do think with a lot of these guys, Justin Vernon, Father John Misty, you know, I think Joe Rogan's a big advocate for, for that stuff. Sure for psychedelics. Is. I think at a certain point you really get used to it and you're able to function pretty normally and it yeah. just alters your perspective enough to actually maybe like make you function better in a lot of ways. Was it revealed in this article at all whether he's like, is he microdosing? Do you think he's um, like tripping on acid like during shows? That'd be pretty hard I feel like. I don't know. Okay, yeah. I don't I, know. I didn't know if the article said. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's full on... Dosing, but I also think again, once you have done it enough, I also think you're again, I think you're able to just function. And I do think for people who haven't done acid, and I haven't done, I don't know what it's like, yeah, I don't think do I. it's this like, I don't think it's distorting like your experience of the world like we think it might. I, I think a lot of that is like after school special bullshit. Well, yeah, I think it also depends how much you take. Exactly, it like you can push it to a certain degree where it's like way too much and it's like it's fucking with you. But I also think there's a happy medium where it's like you're good. DMT, however, DMT is a different story. It's supposed to, from be what I understand, fucking mental, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be like as out of body an experience you could that possibly shit scares have. me. Me too. That is scary to me. Very. I, I think you know, it's it's crazy to say this. I think with like a lot of these artists. Acid's just like mainstream. Acid is like weed for them is like a cup of coffee. Yeah. Acid is like, eh, we're, you know, 
No, we're, we're 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 having like a you acid know, is smoking weed. Acid is the new smoking weed for for these, <laughs> for these guys. Yes, but yes, you're right. As yes. weed weed and coffee is the new coffee. <laughs> yes, yes. Coffee is now what like beer is like water and yep. like it's just it, it's, everything's taking a step down it, on exactly, the food chain. Exactly, exactly. Um, so the whole description of his studio setup and basically his life sounds fucking sick. This dude has, like, his own studio near, like, a little house that he has just in, like, Eau Claire, Wisconsin or whatever, wherever he lives. And he says, like, you know, Kanye comes through or he's been through there. Kendrick's come through. He just has different artists who will kind of come and, like, stay there for a little bit. They'll play, like, three-on-three basketball. Um, And then they asked him about, like, his relationship with Kanye right now. What a life, man. And he's like, you know, I I really can't kick it with him anymore. Uh, He's basically like, can't can't kick it with him anymore personally. And he he just goes, just the energy. Or, like, I imagine that's, like, how he's saying. Just, like, the energy is, like, he's like, no. He's like, but I still got a lot of love for him. Just, I think their politics are very different. And it feels like Kanye is maybe sort of a different person now than he was back when they were collaborating on Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus, and even Pablo. That shit makes me pretty sad, actually. It feels like he... Uh, Kanye's had kind of a break, man. I think a mental break. Very tough. Yeah. Very tough. And, hard to, hard to kind know, of watch. But sure. his whole life sounds fucking sick. He was talking about how... He was meeting up with the rest of the members of the band at, like, this hotel bar of a hotel he partly owns in Wisconsin. He seems like the king of, like, this fucking town. And he's like, yeah, I know there's probably people who, like, think I'm lame for trying to, like, do stuff in in my hometown and make it cool or whatever. But he's like, those people get fucked. (laughs) Like, he just seems so, like, aware of what he's all about and what he wants to do. And it's just like, I know myself. I don't care what other people think. I'm going to, like, just do what I want to do and what I think is, like, the right thing to do. Like, good for him. And he he was mentioning he's, like, very into, like, the progressive ideals of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. He wants to do, like, a whole concert where they just tour around Wisconsin and, you know, give all the proceeds to whatever candidate they get behind. I can Um, dig that. Yeah, and then he shed a little bit of light on um, the song Shadaya or whatever uh, on on the album. It's one of the the, uh, tracks towards the end of the album. Second to last. Second to last. And apparently he wrote this the day after the 2016 election, and it stands for Shittiest Day in American History. That's appropriate. Yep. That's yep. appropriate. It's a and lot I can, of good nuggets. I very. Good I would I, check this out. I, it's a good read. It's yeah. relatively quick. 10-15 minutes. I'm gonna give it a read. Um, you can see why he would maybe clash with Kanye a little bit. Yep. On the political stuff, uh, given just that, the energy. Yeah, you know? just g- the energy, man. G- given that take on what Trump's election represented. Yep. Um, I wanted to. You mentioned the Jen Wozner thing yep. um, from Flock of Dimes in Wy Oak. Um, she's now a member of the band. I saw on Instagram. Um, they posted this like promotional video, almost like a little ad. Yeah. Advertising the fact that she's now in the band. Yeah. And it was all the band members just like raving about how good a musician she is, how much of a good addition she is, and it's her being interviewed, and it's all of them. I was like, these guys just like kinda it's an interesting move to do that. It's kind of cool. The collaborative spirit they seem to have fostered is really interesting. And I mentioned they were at this hotel bar just meeting up or whatever, and 
this is towards the end of the article and Justin's kind of like, he's like, man, I'm so fucking excited. He's like, all we have to do for the next two weeks is band practice. All we have to worry about. I was like, this dude's life is amazing. Yeah, he's living it. It's cool. Good for him, man. Like, I, I think the idea of like building something in the community you, you came up in is really exciting too. Yeah. And like, it, yeah, it, it's a cool life. It's a very, cool life. Very, Justin Vernon cool. has got it going he's on. Do, he's doing it. He's doing he's his doing thing. It. A uh, couple other quick ones. We don't have to spend a ton of time on these. I kind of just want to shout them out. Um, two other albums that I've been listening to, and you have too. Uh, this Marika Hackman album, and yeah. Human Friend. This came out on the same day as the Bonnie Vare one. And uh, she is an English artist. Um, I get St. Vincent vibes from this album. Some, Makes some, sense. Some good rock songs with like some, some like electronic elements here. Some nice melodies. Um very kind of like uh, sexual lyrics mm-hmm. about kind of like uh, like queer love and things like that. Really, really interesting stuff. Also, some like interesting, funny uh, lyrics about like masturbation and like self love and things like that. I was uh, super impressed by this album. Yeah, it, it's like incredibly confident in what it's doing, and for a debut, this is like. Really impressive. Does she not have previous albums? I don't. Th- I th- I thought I maybe saw so, some. Oh, maybe she does. Maybe I she I does. I have never listened to them. I thought perhaps I saw some more. Oh, may- yeah. This is only the first one that I've heard. Of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> so scratch that. She does have one. Count twenty seventeen. Uh, all the way back to twenty fifteen. So I'm behind the eight ball here. No, no worries. I didn't. I didn't know anything about her until you introduced her to me. So, but uh, I just yeah. happened to see. Yeah, that. I guess she's been on Sub Pop. For, for a bit, one of my favorite uh, labels. Well, so. yeah, I, I this album, I, I was super impressed by it, and I can't wait to go back to it. I only listened for the first time today. Um, like you're saying, like yeah, very self-assured, and like yeah. I thought melodically was doing a lot of really interesting things. Um, I'll definitely be back to it. Yeah, and then this other one, uh, this Infinity Crush album uh, called Virtual Heaven. This one is very like heart on its sleeve, kind of like bedroom pop. Yeah. Um, you got to be in the right mood. Mm-hmm. It's tough because I think, first of all, it's like 10, 11 songs, like 28 minutes or something like that. It's quick. Every single song is like a similar vibe. You got to be like in on that vibe. But when you are, it can be like, hey, I'm like, I'm feeling this. I'm on a little roll. A lot of the songs start to bleed together. They're short. They're like two minutes or less. And a lot of them are like similar sounding. So it can be tough. Like it's been hard for me. To pick out even like a favorite song because they all sort of bleed together. I was, uh, but I've been enjoying it. I listened one time and I was like, um, sort of initially taken in by the vocals, which I I do think they remind me a little bit of like the um, of the woman in Cranberries. I'm forgetting her name. Oh um, sure, yeah. Who she just died? Right. Uh, I, I, I don't I'm remember. Miss. I'm not gonna remember her name. Um, just the kind of like lilting. Um, kind of like breathy vocals yeah. that are on the album. I like that vibe. I agree that it's a lot of the same and I got kind of burnt out by it by the end and I I, I think you need to be like late teens, early 20s. This is your album. You're going to be like, "Yes, this is speaking to me." For sure. Yeah. I I think yeah, we're it. And if I, you can tap into that mentality, you'll get this album, but I think like yeah, if I, not, it's gonna fall by the wayside. It was just that I didn't feel like I don't know. I, I got to go back to it. I actually don't want to speak any ill sure, of it without sure. listening to it more. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, it's been interesting. Can I just say as well, with both these albums, this this Marika Hackman and Infinity Crush, 
I'm very bothered by the use of capital and non-capital letters here. No rhyme or reason to, to the use of capitals or not capitals in the song titles or the album name. For example, on the uh, Marika Hackman one, Any Human Friend, that is all capitalized normally. The track listing, all lowercase, which really bugs me. Then with Infinity Crush, this one's even worse. Infinity Crush, capitalized. Album name, Virtual Heaven, no capitals. Then the track listing, no capitals. All lower lowercase. I don't like that. I don't like that move. I never have. What are we doing? Just, just fucking cap your fucking. Cap word. the first letters, please. They're song titles. Like, come on. I just, I don't understand. It looks nicer. It looks cleaner. It does. I, I, I know that people are going I, for a it's thing. It's a statement. It's, it's ooh, I don't care. It's a cool whatever. I'm pretty sure Blink One Eighty Two used to do yeah, it. Yeah, like fuck off. I don't just, love it. Yeah, I just don't. Uh. Let's quickly do recommendations of the week, Jake. You have a, you have a couple here for us. Yeah, uh, I, I've been going through. So actually, the larger recommendation of the week is um, having having a a car CD to have. Yeah. yeah, a CD to pop in in the car and have kind of just cycling while I you're driving. I love that recommendation. It's great. And the one I most recently decided to do that with was Loveless by My Bloody Valentine. I was at Newbury Comics. Looking to see if I could find it on vinyl. I couldn't, but I found a used copy of Loveless for five ninety nine, uh, basically free. An old CD, and I liked the look. It had like the black sides, of of yeah, to the jewel case. Oh, the um, jewel case. Yeah, and so I've been listening to that a lot. And actually, um, because it's not on Spotify and it's not like on iTunes, I couldn't buy it uh, through 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 that. I I went and bought MBV mm. their their follow up. To Loveless, which came out I think in 2013. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bought it on Amazon and uh, I got the CD and I, I listened to it for the first time. Not supporting your local record store, huh? Nope, no. Nope. Oh, more money in Jeff Bezos' pocket. That's right. Yeah, I know it's problematic what wow. I did. Um, but you I know, buy from Amazon all the time. Yeah, <laughs> well, no. I honestly like. I think I, th- I do think a lot about it now when I do it. Yeah. I happen to still have Prime. And so I was like, well, yep. I kind of want this quick. Yep. They've got us by the balls. Got us by the balls. Margarita's in the mall, in the mall. Absolutely. What are you going to do? I, uh, <laughs> so I listened to MBV for the first time ever in the car. And it was great. It's yeah. it's a cool album. It's like To me, it's like kind of like um, Loveless, but but a little less accessible even. Yeah. And, and, and pretty weird, but like... A lot of similar ingredients, yeah, uh, similar vibe uh, going on there. Um, also, I I, I want to shout out. I listened for the first time ever to this band, Galaxy Five Hundred. Have you heard of them? Uh, only in passing. They are like early on pioneers of like uh, of, of of sort of like not post rock. What, what would you call like? They're in the vein of like a My Bloody Valentine or more of like a, a band like Low or oh, Slow Dive. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, really yeah, like, like shoegazy. Shoegazy, but they're a little, they're like late 80s, early, okay. early 90s stuff, and it's less, there's not much like fuzz or distortion sure. or much of that layering. It's kind of like just emotive. Yeah. This album on fire um, is really interesting. It's cool. Huh. I'd never heard of this band, but I guess they're like kind of pioneers of a certain sound. Yeah. Um, and it's worth checking out just to like see the origins of some of that stuff. Nice. I don't know that I couldn't say that they're the first band. Sure, did. but like one of those. It's yeah. worth checking out. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to give that they a They do listen. a really good cover on it of George Harrison's uh, Isn't It a Pity. Oh, that's a great Harrison and song. It's, and it's a good pick for like a slower, yeah. kind of jammy or that's, that's cool. one to do. I yeah, like it. Worth checking out. Uh, I have a few here for you. The first one, Jake. 
the Tom York, Paul Thomas Anderson mm. short film, basically a music video for Anima. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah? Watch this. It is 15 minutes long. Um, it's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. This blew my fucking mind. Really? <laughs> I watched this over the weekend. I was eating Chipotle, okay? I had gotten Chipotle. <laughs> you know it. Uh, I was eating a chip, okay? I go, I go to pick up a chip with a little bit of, like, whatever on it. And I'm watching this, and it starts. And just the choreography, and the music, and just everything coming together. I know shit. Had my mouth open with a chip waiting to be put in for five whole minutes while I was just like entranced <laughs> huh? That's by awesome. That's awesome. Anima. I, I, I'm not even going to like describe this because just you need to watch it. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's excellent. That's pretty cool that Paul Thomas Anderson's Excellent stuff. He's 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 uh, in bed with Radiohead. Absolutely he is, yes. Um, that's number one. Number two, coming off of my Bob Dylan phase, which was kicked off by the Rolling Thunder Review Martin Scorsese film, uh, Joni Mitchell made an appearance towards the end of that doc, and she, wh- this was around the time she was on like this self-discovery road trip where she was writing the album, uh, I think it's pronounced Hegira. Yeah, it sounds And right. she ended up being a part of the Rolling Thunder Review for a short time, and the song Coyote was featured in the Rolling Thunder Review movie, and I was like, that's great, I really like that. Finally got to listen to Hegira. This album's sick. I looked up a couple lists of best Joni Mitchell albums. This was number one over Blue on the Stereo Gum list. Interesting. Okay. So I was like, okay, yeah. Very, very good. Highly recommend is it, is checking it, it out. more recent than Blue? It is. This is 1976. Blue was 71, I okay. believe. Okay. Uh, and then the last one I've gotten into is Leonard Cohen, Songs of Love and Hate. This might be the best Leonard Cohen album that I have heard. Now, I've, I've not heard many. I've heard Songs from a Room, Songs of Leonard Cohen, and then the one right before he died, and yep. then this one. You want it darker. You want it darker. You want it darker. This one might be, like, the best kind of collection of everything by him. Um, highly recommend checking that one out, too. Songs of Love and Hate is a great Leonard Cohen album Absolutely name. Absolutely, it is. That's a very, like... I would have been very surprised if he didn't have an album called that. Seriously. So, couple, if that makes any uh, sense. No, it absolutely does. Couple like folk troubadours here, Jake, and then one of the most transcendent—I guess you could call it an extended music video. Although there's like three songs in it, and the songs they pick are perfect. There was one moment in this anima music video that like I almost cried at. Whoa! It was dude. yeah, just it, it was wow. This this Very is there's a lot of yeah. And I, I, I was going to text you about it. And I was like, I'm going to save this for when I like for the see him in person to be like, no, you need to all watch right, this. Right. I'm, we're, I'm excited. Very, very good. Let's wrap up this week's episode with a release radar. This is for August 17th, Year of Our Lord 2019. Hmm. Few few big ones here, actually. Sleater Kinney. I know a lot of people care about this. This is like a big, this gets a lot of attention. I've never really gotten into Sleater Kinney. I think they were a little before our time. But they're putting out a new album called The Center Won't Hold. I, we'll see if I, I check it out. I don't know. Depending yeah. on my mood. I'm in the same boat with Sleater you know. Kenny. It's just like it feels like 
it would be homework at this point. Yeah. I'm sure it would be rewarding. Homework sometimes like, is. Like, yeah, and I might learn something. I might get something out of it. Yeah. But if I'm going to check out Cedar Kenny, I'll probably go back to, like, some of their older stuff that is, like, those you know, early albums. Really, they, they made their bones with. Yes, exactly. Uh, That's usually how I kind of have to start. Same. Leonard Cohen is a rare exception hey, to that. Yeah, absolutely. Radiohead for uh, in Rainbows was my entryway to them. True so you enough. never know. Uh, Young Thug, new album called So Much Fun. Uh, we'll see. I feel like we'll Young hope it Thug, lives up to the title. I, I I feel like Young Thug is very hit or miss. You might get the quality of a Jeffrey. You Which might is great. get, you know, something else. I was thinking about Jeffrey the other day. That was like a, a nice little like surprise nice album run with that. For how much I actually liked it yeah, compared to what I yeah, expected to yeah. think of it. Uh then hey, a new Hold Steady album uh called Slashing Through the Passion. Now, I'm not sure if this is all new material, if there's some like Singles that have come out over the years that might be on this. I don't really know too much about it, but hey, new hold steady. Now, this is a very important clarifying point. Do you think it's supposed to be said as slashing through the passion? Oh, maybe. So it rhymes? Yeah, probably. Because it, it, it makes, makes a lot of sense. Sort of a slant rhyme, even without that. But it makes sense. And then, hey, Jake, this is actually kind of a big one. Yeah. Oso oh, Oso oh, with the fall to the Unihon mixtape. Basking in the glow, maybe fitting name for kind of the attention that he has finally gotten for for his music. Um, Unihon mixtape was a big album for us in 2017. I'll be interested to see what the follow up sounds sounds like. I've heard one of the singles from it. It's good, right in that Oso Oso wheelhouse. Um, this it's interesting because I feel like 2019 that whole you know fourth wave indie sound of like has kind of fallen by the wayside. And I think a lot of that is maybe I'm not on Twitter. I'm not following the Ian Cohen's of the world. I'm not keeping up with the alternative. So I've kind of missed out on that subgenre where I maybe would have been into it otherwise. But Oso oh, Oso oh, is a band with that sound that I'm very, I'm still very much in on and excited to listen to. Yeah, I'm pumped. Love you, Nahan Mixtape. I have a, a very random thought. Sure. Um, so I can go four for four on inconsequential thoughts about sure. each of these albums. Oso oh, Oso... Oh, oh. OSO space OSO is hard for me to type for some reason. Same. Why is Same. that? Same. I have a theory. Yeah. My theory is that there's not many words we ever have to type that have anything like that sequence of letters. Correct. The, you know, we're used to putting, because what we want to do is put two O's together. Yeah, or like, or two S's. Yeah. Or like, and they're across the keyboard from one another, OSO, and then you got a space bar between them. It's weird. It's, I always have a hard time typing it. Which is a very stupid thing to bring up. I, Try it at home. <laughs> Seriously. Seri- no, I know. I'm not fucking with you. Try typing Oso Oso at home and see if it's as smooth as you fucking think it's going to be. <laughs> you know, It your, won't be. Yeah. You're talking pretty tough right now. <laughs> this is the moment we realize that I have an insane inner dialogue with the listener going on at all times. Um, yeah, so... That that's gonna wrap it up on on that note. Packed oh, episode. Yeah. Here's a quick thing. Okay. You got me again on the over unders. Oh man. Snuck yes. by Bonnie Vare. Our over under we set was eight point eight. Hell yeah. No, we said eight point seven. I took the under. It's an eight point eight. That's a high score. This has happened now. So you so we there have been seven over unders. You've won six yes. of them. Yes. I won the yes. first. I haven't yes. won one since. The the ones that you've won by a point one were Vampire Weekend. You took the under. Yes. We set it at eight point one. It got an eight even. And Pup, 
we set the line at 7.8. It yes. got a 7.9. Yes. You took the over. <laughs> oh, man. Skin of my teeth stuff. Yeah, um, I'm just hoping that some of these, you know, come hey, through. Hey, uh, well, you know, you're going to... It doesn't look like we're ever getting this Tame Impala album because Kevin Parker is like a perfectionist weirdo who like... Do you say they're not putting it out? Well, the real, he said summer. It's coming... He said like early to mid-summer. That's come and gone. Yeah, like so, some of the the thing is, is some of these are never going to come out. Like we're not going to get we're not the, probably not going to get Kanye. Like what happened to Yandi? We're not going to get it. Like I, I don't know, man. Lana Del Rey is finally coming. The one I feel probably okay with is the Whitney one. I feel like it it is going to get yeah. better than a seven six. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It, it won't though. It that. won't though because I picked it too, so it will not get it. It's going to get a seven point five. Something tells me the Grimes tides are coming back in my favor. Yeah, it seems more I feel positive. like because I think we we were thinking there'd be a lot more Elon Musk Negativity. backlash. We talked it way down. We put it at a seven point zero. Don't feel great about that. Yeah, no, I feel pretty confident. You're gonna about win that, that one. Yeah, hotel year. Who knows if that's coming out? Yeah, so precious few opportunities to get back in the running. And you know, I think I'm on pace. I'm feeling pretty good about best new music. Over. So total best new music is really close. You've, it's gonna be close, but I, I'm like you've been like exactly on, on pace. pace. Yeah, but any misstep. Throws I know, you. I know. Like I need you, one more nine this year as well. I feel good about that. One more nine. That's tough. I feel though. good about it. Yeah, they've already done two. I think. Yeah, yeah. One of them was a cheapo on the that Beyonce fucking live album. Fucking <laughs> yeah. Anyways, love it. Love it. I'm what was the up. other nine this year? Um, uh, it was something like sort of unexpected. I think. Yeah. Uh, it was like. Uh, Oh, Hold on, we, it's documented in our spreadsheet. Yeah, no one's listening anymore, anyway, so we can uh, just kind of rant. Let's see if I can con. I have it, it up. Hold on, it was. Uh, was it like it was Big Thief, dude? Oh, yeah. they gave UFOF a nine point two. Yes, fucking a, dude. And they Big and they thief. and they gave Beyonce, uh, Homecoming a nine point three. Wow. I don't know, man. Like, which what album's gonna get another nine? Um, maybe this new Big Thief. That would be quite the move for them to go two nine. Maybe this new big thief. I'll tell you what this new big thief's gonna get. They're gonna give it like an eight point six best new music. Uh, That's what they're maybe, gonna do. Maybe. What if I, this is like their true masterpiece? I. Sw- what if this is the highway sixty one to they're bringing it all back home? Uh, man, I I don't know. I sort of doubt it. I yeah, sort of doubt yeah, that. Yeah, that that could be the over under talking. I don't know. Well, either way, man, I, I, I took a bath this year. I felt pretty good going into it. Hey. It's gone as bad as any year has ever gone for me. <laughs> you know, I think the real one is is the, the best in music over-unders. That's the one that I really hang my hat on because it goes for the whole year, and it's like it builds and builds. I That one holds a little more weight than the individual I think over-unders. I think that it, we do a pretty good job of setting the line on all of it. We are expert handicappers. And, like, I always just pick the wrong one. Well... Which is upsetting. Hey, except you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Jeez. That's right. Yeah, you you fucking have got me on that. <laughs> the only one I've won this year was Justin Timberlake. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I took the under, which was smart. He got a five point. He got a it got a three point eight. Oh my god, we set the over under at five point nine. <laughs> Holy shit! Wait a minute, was that last year? That was last year. Oh oh. What was okay. the one I got this year? 
I got uh, Deer Hunter over yeah, over yeah. a seven point seven. That one's meat and potatoes stuff. That that's like a boring one to get. You won Panda Bear. We set it at eight point two. You took under seven point six. Is yep. what I got. Doesn't it even deserve that score? I don't think. Yeah. That that Deer Hunter album is good though. Yep. They're consistent as hell. Vampire Weekend and Puppy won. Chance the Rapper. We set it at eight point five. Well, did you under. ever listen to that album? No, did you? No. I have no, no interest, interest in at all. Hour twenty. Chance the Rapper like gospel album where he's like that dude he's like I love my wife he sucks Chance the Rapper sucks I don't know man I'm not gonna be willing to say that he sucks I feel like he seems like he's a positive guy with like a decent dude I don't if you're ultra positive all the time that's annoying it's annoying annoying and I don't trust you I think you're being phony I think think he's kind of phony yeah maybe he is kind of phony Bonnie Vera we already mentioned then Solange we set the line at an 8.7 it got an 8.4 that's Solange album is very good. It's very probably deserved maybe an eight point eight. Would have given me some wind beneath my wings, you know. But here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking dead on the ground. <laughs> what are you gonna do, man? Uh, broken what wings. What are you gonna do? Well, uh, another episode in the books. Long we one. will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. been a little bit it's been a few weeks uh life unrelenting as always yeah just brutal it just keeps going much of the time um you know i was sick for probably about the last week and uh one big takeaway from all of this jake i love sandwiches oh man me too i i I love them (laughs) and you know when you're sick and you have a stomach bug and you're not eating much over the weekend Jake, you end up really missing some of your favorite foods and you crave them. All I wanted over the weekend was a sandwich, okay? Now, there's this great, I mean, okay, uh, great is a stretch. There's this lunch place across the street from my office at work. They do, however, have these great ciabatta rolls that I get either a tuna salad or this veggie sandwich on. I crave, I don't, uh, they might put fucking nicotine in these sandwiches for all I know. Would you even care if they did? No. <laughs> I'd be like, give me more. Right. You're addicted to it. And I got back to the office today. I was like, I feel well enough to eat one of these sandwiches, mm-hmm. Jake. And I end up getting one. It tasted great. Hit the spot. I'm back on my feet. We're back, baby. And the other big thing, I mean, we're going to keep this this pre-show quick because we have actually, this is a packed episode. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I'm in a big time movie mode right now. I'm in a big movie swing. The two things that did it: one, seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Still haven't seen it. Kick, ooh, kicked me off. On Gotta it. see it. Uh, it's it's very good. So you, have you you haven't listened to the Simmons Wesley Morris pod yet? No, and it, believe me uh, that when a that's Simmons r- reason enough to go see it when a Simmons pod dropped and I saw that it was talking about a Tarantino movie and I realized I can't listen to it yet. Yep. I was devastated. You gotta go see it. I know, I really want to. It it just put me in this mode of like, I love what movies can do. Mm. They transport you. It's different than TV, Jake, as you know. And that kicked off a nice little movie run. The second thing was us, the weekend we had away, where we watched The Town, and then we watched The Departed. 
I was so in on both of those movies. And then that kicked off a week of watching movies. Karen and I watched Goodfellas. I watched um, Ex Machina. I watched Burn After Reading. Dude. I watched Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I watched Gone Girl again yesterday when I, I was home. I really sick. want to rewatch that. And then I listened to the Rewatchables podcast. Then I listened, I watched Jackie Brown the other night too. That movie is sick. You're, so I'm on a run here. You're on a tear. Yep. Um, that's that, oh, Tarantino tear. Yeah. Um, one thing and then that's it because I that was an all time out of the gates heat check pre-show performance oh, by you. Hey, I, I can't even, I have hey. nothing even to really offer. <laughs> to continue, you carried that no, one. I love sandwiches. Dude, Jake. Jake. <laughs> I So I started laughing right away because I saw on the... Right that was my only note. Right as you were about to talk, I for the first time saw your note that said, I love sandwiches, comma, Jake. Um, that trip yeah. that we took was A, a really, really good time, yeah. but B... Feels somehow very long ago to me now. Right. Which is weird because it was not even two weeks ago. No, week and a half. It feels not like even. somehow very far in the past. Yeah. It, I, I, you know, I think as time goes by, we're going to look back on that trip with some fond memories. Um, weirdly. Ye- given, yeah. you know. But it, it, it has this like removed from time quality already because like we didn't like leave the place yeah that was an interesting trip because like we planned it really late yeah and pretty quick and we actually like there were some flaws in the planning like we probably should have stayed longer yeah or planned anything to do i and no, i was i'm glad I, I am so happy all we did was hang out on like the dock I'm no, I was down with it as well. If we'd stayed another day, we could have maybe found one yeah, like, yeah. day trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It was like this little removed thing. Yeah, and it was nice. Yeah, it was a it good was. time. It was really nice. Um, got to watch but, a lot of movies. Yeah, the town and and Departed were so yeah. fun. To what watch. a combo! Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, but let's let's dive into the episode because, like I said, there's a lot to talk about here. Let's do it. All right, three, two, one.